Hello and welcome to The Definitive Word. I'm Gloria Lind. I'm Mia Steele and I'm laughing because it's um, it's actually crimes against food today, Gloria. <laughs> what did I say? The Definitive Word. <laughs> should we start Wait, that again? No, I don't think so. I, like no. I want to keep it. <laughs> starting that again. Okay, Fine. we'll just keep it running. Yeah, okay. And, uh, Hello and welcome to Crimes Against Food. I'm Gloria Lind. I'm Mia Steele. And today we're going to be talking about bread, the stuff of life. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what are we what are we going to start with? I think when we when we when we picked this topic, I went through kind of a few a few emotions as we looked at it. First of all, I thought, well, you know, bread it's pretty important. I'd like to talk about it. And then I thought, oh dear God, how are we going to talk about bread for an hour? And then I thought, you, once well, I d- we once talked I d- about biscuits for maybe fifty-five minutes, so bread should be it should be fine. Piece, yeah. And then I thought, once I'd started to do the research, oh God, is an hour going to be enough? Well, yeah, there is so much to talk about. I don't know how much we're going to kind of. There is so a, there is so much crime going on. It, it, there's 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 a litany of crimes which yeah. we, can we can we can uncover terrible today yeah shocking we're gonna bring you shocking news murder scenes the works yeah the whole thing this is shocking and violent crimes against glutens we're gonna bring you that glutens <laughs> glutens the defenseless grandma of bread <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing no no oh why are you doing this to me there is you know there are there are varieties of bread there's a legacy and a history there to these crimes. Absolutely. There's a, there's a whole lot going on. Well, I mean, it's bread. It's, it's, it's massively important. It's what everybody has most days. Yeah. I mean, in Western, Western kind of Western European yeah. uh, civilization, bread is the staple food stuff. Of course it is. So it's, much. Yeah. So much so that, you know, it causes riots when there isn't enough bread. I mean, if you look at the. Uh, the French, I've, I've, I've been wanting to say this so much, but <laughs> the French Revolution, you yes. know, the famous Marie Antoinette quote. That is, well, that they say isn't, m- that yes, she didn't mistranslate, misquote, whatever. Yeah, it was a misquote, which is let them eat cake. Yes. Which she probably didn't say. Yeah. But it was because the peasants, because they're in a kind of agrarian society, were revolting. <laughs> Look, that peasant disgusts <laughs> oh, me. Repugnant beasts. Well, because the cost of wheat meant that the cost of bread had gone up, and that was what most people ate. And if you didn't have bread, you were essentially screwed. Oh no! Yeah, and and so that's why people that's why people were rioting, and that kind of impetus went forward, and that dissatisfaction with the society and whatever kind of pushed forward the um, the French Revolution. Bread. That's a fairly sensible reason. Bread causes revolutions. Yeah. Get bread get, get bread wrong. Commit crimes against bread and you've got a revolution <laughs> yeah. on your hands. The peasantry which, will turn up brandishing torches. <laughs> which gives rise to, you know, which does give you rise to the question, why hasn't it happened already right now? Because there's a whole lot of bread crime going on around us. Oh, I feel a bit sick every time you say bread crime. It just, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, mean, I think of kind of soggy white loaves. Mm. You know, you know the perfectly square ones that I, I don't even know how they're made, and the bread—it's kind of there's, there's natural weight to it, and it's all water mm. and disgustingness, and, and it it's, kind it's of the kind of bread you don't, you don't mind giving to ducks. But yeah, it's the kind of thing as soon as it touches any any moisture in the air, it just kind of it crumbs to the point of just falling apart. Yeah, and there's a kind of there's a, you can almost taste the bleach on the flour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's special. Yeah, there you <laughs> picture. But before before we delve into the uh, the truly atrocious crimes perhaps we should kind of 
look at, you know, what is bread? And I, yeah, okay, bear with me. I can hear you saying, well, it's <laughs> bread, isn't it? I mean, it's not exactly a complicated food. But, but there's a lot going on with bread. And as we were doing our traditional five minutes of research this morning, we came across kind of, well, I was looking at something that I was a bit surprised that things are classed as bread or bread products or breads, if you will. And so talking about how important bread is to other civilizations. And I was thinking, you know, traditionally kind of English. I don't know. I just, in, in my head, I, I see a man with, with a hat on and a massive shovel and a massive oven. <laughs> and he's, he's churning out oven cakes just for me. But, um, but they were talking about different kinds of breads as in pitta is considered bread and roti and chapati in India and tortilla yeah, so in Mexico. We have the difference between the leavened and yeah. un- unleavened bread, which going back is you see leaven unleavened bread they think goes back goes back a while bread goes back a while we're talking we're taking it back to egypt there's some hieroglyphics talking about bread bread i mean they're that kind of it was so important that they weren't just talking about bread they actually specified a large loaf <laughs> did they really large bread big bread sliced <laughs> they had hieroglyphs for big bread big white bread and and i think i saw something um possibly online or possibly on a little book that i was looking at today saying that it was like a motto. I think it was like the baker's motto or like a, a wealthy person's motto. Let my bread be made with white and my, um, and my something else be made with red flour. Oh, yeah, really? Like, oh, gosh, yeah. Like, yeah. So they even specified way back then. Because there's a, there's a, there's, when I was looking into like how, how bread happens and stuff, and I, and I do remember this from back in the day, that whole thing about leavened and unleavened bread yeah. and how we came to have leavened bread. Right. Because I understood that back in the day back in egypt they were basically eating pitta in my head right in my head in <laughs> egypt was it a gyros pitta were they shaving pork or lamb into it <laughs> in my head they're all eating pitta bread in ancient egypt they might not be i mean you know that's not the only unleavened bread but really in my mm. head that's how it's happening but you were saying Ria, that that you know that they don't actually know whether it was leavened or unleavened no because they think actually it's it's a process that kind of occurs even if you well slightly to a certain degree not as we'd know it wouldn't rise as fast but there's a certain amount of there are tiny cultures on on cereals and so when you mill them and leave them there's a natural kind of lifting process it would expand a little bit not obviously like a warpens loaf it wouldn't just stretch right out there but um but they say that's how you know it's 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 kind of it's that's how they came across it it's just just a natural thing there's a certain amount of yeast and live culture on on the cereals themselves not enough to do the whole kind of massive love, but but to cause a difference enough so that it would come to their attention. And they, um, I think they actually found breads. And uh-huh. It's bizarre, but you know, obviously it's but, Egypt, you, know. you find everything there. And uh, and they couldn't tell because it was just kind of, it was so old and it was like the, the baking tools themselves, they couldn't tell if it was for lavender or unleavened. Oh, that's fascinating. So but, the but story they think of the that actually, you know, it was, it was a fairly sophisticated thing and that they had. They had yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't kind of just primitive. No, no, it wasn't just like, you know, milled cereals and a, a bit of water thrown on and roasted. It was it was a, a real process. Yeah, because I mean, it, to, to kind of this this basic process of, of having the bread, you know, you've got, you've got a few components mm-hmm. to make bread work. I mean, leavened bread. I'm, 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 I'm talking about leavened bread here yeah. <laughs> today. Today I'm talking about leavened bread. I love how I have to specify. So you've got, you've got the yeast. Yes. And you've got the flour and you've got the water mm-hmm. and you've got a little bit of sugar to kind of help the yeast uh-huh. work. And you put it all together and magically you get bread. I mean, I'm making it sound a lot more simple than it, the, the process is, but that's essentially the it basics of it. It is fairly simple though, isn't it? I mean, you, you can do it yourself quite, it's, it's, it's a really basic idea. Just, yeah. Know, throw some things together, mix it around. 
back in the day, um, I believe that bread is one of those products that actually got outsourced quite quickly. It's not a big domestic thing because in order to bake the bread or in, in you, you would need a big oven. Yes. And, and time. And time. So what would happen, I believe, what would happen? There's two stages to the process. Right. This is kind of, you know, we're going back in the day. To get the flour, you would take your crop to a miller who would who would mill the flour and then would kind of take a percentage or a cut of your your crop yeah for himself and give the rest back to you so the process you you know like taking it to a, a warehouse or something like that oh, brilliant so, yeah but it did mean that sometimes you know millers were kind of did have a bit of a monopoly so you know if you had a little bit of a corrupt miller and they just said oh i'm going to set the price to like 10p for milling your milling your crop your wheat flour then that would be you know people would be kind of held over a barrel because yeah. in order to mill flour, to go for it yeah you need two great big massive, massive bits of stone to crush the wheat um so you had that and so people would kind of you know they'd have their flour but they'd take it to someone else to they'd have their wheat but they'd take it to someone else to mill it yes and then in order to bake it you can make the dough at home but you take it down to the bakers to put in their oven to bake it oh my god yeah isn't that amazing so that is amazing really early on there is you know that there are evidence of bakers and outsourcing and it's really interesting because i mean that kind of thing still it's, it's one of those things you come across in recipes especially quite old recipes in jersey there has been called bean crock which is made they they used to take like the poor people used to take t- tubs of beans and maybe shavings of pork or whatever was left with some stock and some water, shove it in the ovens at the bakers because they'd be so hot during the day. There'd be so much heat left that they would they would leave them in there overnight and use the residual heat from the bakers to cook other things when it was you know when business was closing. Yeah, yeah, which, that it, makes which, sense. which they do quite a lot. I think in different countries, I think they make something else with that in France. Actually, it's it's, it's quite because if you, if you couldn't afford, you know, to be baking like long term dishes like beans and lentils, obviously need need a good long time. That, yeah, so you put them in do. in the morning yeah. and just utilise the oven. They just use all, the all the kind of the, the slowing down heat overnight to cook them. Oh, very nice, very But um, talking about kind of bread as industry, well, rather rather early industry, like you say, like outsourcing it and things. I read that um, they had baker shops, actual bakeries as far back as the 5th century in, Ath- in Athens. And yeah. so th- this was like, this was small enterprise, you know. Yeah, bakery. People making it's, bread it's, and selling it's, it. Because I suppose it's so everyone eats bread. Mm. You know, everyone, everyone eats bread. There's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating how much a part of, of life it is. I, I'm, I'm fairly obsessed with bread. I love bread. I yeah. think about it all the time. I have it about three times a day and that's not even with my meals. They're snacks. <laughs> they're, they're my fat snacks for, you know, for my ongoing obesity goal. And, um, <laughs> and I have them with everything. I just love bread. Oh man. <laughs> if I make, if I make my own, I can eat the loaf in a day. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I do think as, as particularly in Britain and maybe that's why we think of like Britain and bakers <laughs> we've got you know we have thought of so many new and interesting ways to eat bread toast I do believe I think of toast as really British tea and toast yes and you know what a fine way to oh, eat God. bread that is with just a bit I think, of butter over I think top. it's my favorite way to eat bread what my very favorite <laughs> and sandwiches <gasps> thanks to the Earl of Sandwich and his gambling habit we have sandwiches I'm sorry what's that the Earl of the Earl of Sandwich. Right. You know why we have sandwiches? No, I don't. You're going to tell me. I am. 
the Earl of Sandwiches. The Earl of Sandwiches. The Earl of, <laughs> the Earl of, the Earl of Pitter was gambling one day with the Earl of Sandwich <laughs> over a macaroon. And, <laughs> and he, uh, so he would, he would stay up, this is kind of in the 18th century, and he would stay up late drinking and gaming, basically. Mm. I think, you know, we would have called him a gambling addict. And he didn't want to move from the gaming table. So he told one of his servants just to serve him up some meat between some slices, a couple of slices of bread. Wow. And that's the sandwich. So it's that's why it's called the sandwich because it's. I'm a bit disappointed. I don't know. I thought I, I thought a sandwich was some kind of organically kind of name that kind of came about. I, oh man! It's actually it's actually named after the Earl of Sandwich, which is. And now cool. we're obsessed with them. Aren't we? I mean, Britain's famous for having shops everywhere that just sell sandwiches in cardboard packets, plastic yeah. packets. Do you know? I think there's a whole epi- there's a whole episode in there. Oh god, yeah. I think we're talking about how how bad some of these sandwiches are. Yeah, there's a, there's a real there's a real beaut of an episode in there for definite. Ooh. But yeah, you know, so there's all these these the, all these ways of eating of eating bread, which I just think is fantastic. I love it, but it is it's it's very English. Yeah, and but then obsessed. there's the idea of breaking bread, which is which is very biblical, isn't it? Breaking oh, that's bread. True. I hadn't yeah. even thought about that. But yeah, there's bread is the stuff of life. Bread is part of a communion service. Yes. Breaking bread together is a, an act of intimacy. Yeah. God, it's just like, it's proper meaningful. This has taken a really it? dark turn. My my kind of quiet atheist light is going on in my head. Oh my God, what are we doing? We're talking about Christianity and bread. Well, well the two are so closely intertwined. Yeah, they are. They that, are. That they really are. And I mean, I don't know whether that's been a kind of a deliberate you know sneaky thing over time no i reckon it's just part of the civilization isn't it it's like you know if we were if we were all about rice then it probably would have been rice with the with the stuff of life and rice cakes you know you break rice cakes with each other and <laughs> rice is the stuff of life <laughs> imagine the priest spooning a little uh, a little fingerful of rice into your mouth oh god <laughs> or beans are the stuff of life you know, yeah. it just happened that wheat was the crop that we started no, to farm I'm, I'm getting amazing visions now you know the, the, the kind of the pictures of christ you see kind of in school where he's looking well, really are they, are they, uh, really saintly and slightly patronizing <laughs> you know it's it, these kind of repros from the 50s and they'd have him walking on water and kind of mending broken children with it with, with a glance and all this stuff i should add that mia went to catholic school so she probably saw a lot of these yeah. kind of oh i messages. saw quite a few and i'm still fairly bitter about the whole experience but uh, <laughs> but wouldn't it be interesting if if as you said we'd been rice people and you could see jesus say in the rice paddies and <laughs> you know just <laughs> but yeah well if you notice that with, it, with his trousers tucked up around his knees <laughs> So, so he didn't get away. Yeah, but I'm sure that everyone, you know, everyone remakes that image in their head. So I'm sure somewhere there is there is a Jesus that exists in someone's, you know, head that is a is is Jesus of the rice fields with his his, his knees. (laughs) Well, of course, you know, the Last Supper. I I think you know I'm trying to get away from rice. I'm just kind of thinking about other things that yeah, you know, bread, bread, bread. Think about bread, bread because this is bread. There's there is so much to talk about, and again, so much of it is is the kind of the history, the history of it. I think I think it's best that we talk about the history of things that aren't to do with Jesus. Yes, it only made me cross. I, 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 it's okay. Yeah, let's move away from that before before Mia kind of starts. Okay, I have angry. a factoid. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out of there because I'm not so much with 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 the general knowledge, but I like to every now and then I do a bit of exploration. And I find something which I think is interesting, and it's this: the man who 
we have a saying that it's as good as sliced bread the next best thing yeah the kind of thing um otto frederick roeder i believe was his name and he's the father of the sliced loaf in 1912 he built a machine that sliced bread but people weren't into it because they thought oh sliced bread it's gonna go stale really quickly because obviously you're kind of exposing the middle of the loaf to the air and in 1928 he adapted the machine so it would slice the bread and then wrap it and that is when it took off really thanks as early as that early as that see i didn't realize that because i thought that it came in with something we're going to talk about a little bit later which is about the when the industrialization of the process of making bread when the unholy trinity of kind of the packaging and the processing and everything came together yeah but so he was doing it obviously before you were adding but his loaf didn't have the chemicals in that would make it keep that much longer and kind of create a shelf life as we know it that's very interesting well, you know, because there is a, the simple, I had to look up because I had this really, because, you know, I've been making bread. I've been making bread for a while. In fact, I made bread. with <coughs> Braggart. The- <laughs> <laughs> I've been making bread since 1910, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all right, Commander Steele. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Chocks away. <laughs> but yeah, actually, it was, it was one of my early my early exposures to cooking was right. uh, making bread with my mum because I was a very homeal child oh. and uh, mum was kind of on her real homeal kick. So we made we made bread at home and it's just, if, if you're a kid, it's absolutely brilliant to do because yeah. it's kind of... mess, a legitimate mess. Legitimate mess and you get to knead stuff <laughs> and then it up and dough it and you know and there's kind of all this arcane stuff you know you let it rise yeah. knock it back or which let seems it very rise mystical again. and witchcrafty when you don't understand the process of yeah. what's going on inside it it's like magic isn't it absolutely and, and i just realized that you know i still follow that process and i just know i did I, I was thinking when i was doing the prep for this episode i was like well i just do it because it works i don't actually know i was like well why does bread rise yes i don't i don't i don't quite know so i had to, of course i had to go and look it up and uh, I'm quite pleased with my research for this episode because right. uh, I found out, I found out, in fact, there was this whole page on things about like the history of yeast, because yeast is this whole thing where, you know, it naturally occurs on cereals and stuff like that. But in order to kind of bake regularly, you need a regular supply of yeast. So people yeah. used to take it from brewing as a link between beer and bread. Brilliant. But the balm from brewing, which is the kind of frothy bit at the top, it makes nice light might not light loaves so oh. you get that all together and in even in ancient egypt they're kind of an ancient civilization so what they find is that you'd have the the bakery very near the brewery interesting yes you see it's kind of you know it's, it all seems all that carby stuff all together oh i don't know it, it does seem to go together doesn't it beer and bread it's, yeah, of course it, it does. it's a very it's a very uh, palmer's food yeah <laughs> it is but yeah it yeah. is it's basic and it's and it's uh straightforward but then i was kind of thinking well so what exactly happens and i was like well does the yeast rises i know the yeast rises why does the it's not actually the yeast that rises no it's the process of the yeast breaking down the starches that are in the flour what what, what? okay talk me through it from the start because i'm like you well I, i'm like you used to be yesterday before you got educated <laughs> i i kind of i trust in it without without understanding the machine and 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 i, I sense that you're about to rip away the lovely kind of you know naivety now you always do this to me gloria you bitch <laughs> i'm sorry but it was well actually so 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 wait a second so let's talk about you've got your flour what, what's in the flour the the flour has 
glutens and starches in it. Right. And those two things, I believe, are there's gluten proteins. Glutens are what make it kind of stretchy and keep together, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, they're right. what kind of hold the structure. I could be talking about my, my behind because the problem is when I was Go starting on. to research this, there was kind of a little bit of a conflicting evidence right. on it. So I'm, I'm trying to piece together from, from the evidence I found. Good, good. So, yeah, there was the, uh, the yeast. Mm-hmm. The yeast is live. The yeast is live. <laughs> and uh, sorry, I'm really loud there. But it is. It's alive. It's a living thing. Even though now we get it in like little dried packets and, yes. and, and reconstitute it with a bit of water. But it, it's alive. It's a living thing. And it needs something to feed on. Right. And it feeds on the starches in the flour. Okay. And it needs, and so that's why, we, and it needs water in order to kind of be alive. <laughs> be, be alive. Because everything in life. Because it's a party in East Town, isn't it? <laughs> We're alive. <laughs> Let's get down. <laughs> and then because we like the yeast, we give it some sugar, which kind of gets it all excited and kickstarts the process. Because, okay. Because it's got a chomp, you know, the starches are a bit more kind of, the heavyweight heavyweight than yeah. like the sugar which is kind of more immediate so it kind of chomp on the sugar and then it can get chomping in the starches and um and then see what happens is by the byproduct now this is where it gets confusing because different things say different right different though i've got one story where the process of the yeast eating the starches makes by the byproduct of that is carbon dioxide right the carbon dioxide within the structure of the dough makes the dough rise then another one says the yeast eating the starches makes the gluten proteins expand because of the byproduct of carbon dioxide. Why aren't both things happening? Maybe I like both stories. They are. Maybe they are. We're because, because detecting here. You, you say the glutens keep the structure, and they're yeah. the, they're keeping the structure around the expanding carbon dioxide. Oh, uh, yeah. So they are expanding mm. because of the carbon dioxide stretching. <laughs> God, let's get back into character. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just before I leave, just one more thing. <laughs> I'll be Columbia if you'll be Morse. No, sorry, I want to be Marple this week. Yeah. Oh, can't I just um, be Sherlock? No, no, you can't. You can't always be the glamorous one, Gloria. So you've got to share it out. Oh. I'm not being your Watson again. It's demeaning. <laughs> um, go on but I that's fascinating it, it is it is that's because now i kind of understand what's ha- what happens and it isn't as if it's one kind of dynamic product they become dynamic when you put them together in certain conditions yeah. they're making each other work mm-hmm. and what you're doing is kind of releasing the potential of the flower aren't you yeah it's you're, like- you're you're giving it fuel it is fuel and you're giving it to the yeast you sound like a biology, te- biology textbook oh, next, next it's the sperm and ovum <laughs> The dynamic zygote. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I think I'd be a really rubbish biology textbook. <laughs> it's a kind of uh, summit. Is it the starches or the gluten proteins? Oh, yeah. No. And oh my God, don't wipe your face with it because if you get it in your eyebrows, it's really <laughs> hard to get out. I'll tell you what, it's really hard to get off your work surfaces. The yes, combination of flour and water, that paste. Brilliant. It just... It just like you have to file it off, <laughs> especially if you're trying to work a dough that's too wet. It's problems, Mia. Problems. problems. 
problems. But they say if, if you leave it a little while, you work it, leave it a little while, and, and a lot of the stickiness will, will go away after 10 minutes. Yeah, because you, the flour absorbs the water. Yeah. It'll kind of, it will. You I'm, I'm you full of these tips, you see. I'm full of these fairly useless kind of tips. Yeah, tips. Right. I pick them up, I store them in my it's head. What you, it's what you need Screw to it away. It's what you need I mean, to that's life. Walking, that's life. Take a break. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> it's a fine thing to aspire to, Mia. But, um... So that all that all that's been happening for kind of millions of years. Yeah. All quite happily. We've all been, you know, relying on bread as a major food source. And even if you were really skint, you could eat bread and dripping and you know, it'll be all right. People tell me about bread and dripping, and on one hand I kind of go, hmm. And the other hand I go, hmm. Do you know my nan still eats dripping? Oh yes. Does she, she eat still gets it? She does, yeah, of course she does. But then she's one of these tiny, like second world war creatures that exists on barely anything she's on about seven calories a day and um and and, 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 and dripping she can't i think sure. no i think seriously like a scratch of dripping on a tiny piece of dry toast is tea for her really? she's she's insane but one of my favorite stories you know the kind of thing you hear from your mum when your mum is at the stage of bitching about her mum <laughs> yeah i love that i love that thanks mum hope you're not listening nan she told me that that when she was little and the day before payday when nana had spent all all the money on the luxury goods the week before and they were eating lamb chops and cream cakes for tea the week after she'd be giving them loud on toast for breakfast and going stop moaning stop complaining you cheeky bastards get it eaten and like smacking their ass and send them off to school with loud on toast loud and saying it's toast. just as good as butter <laughs> 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 oh yeah i mean i could deal with dripping on yeah toast, yeah but on toast, that's yeah. just a bit more like the day before payday oh. and my mum also said on, on one occasion after she'd been given loud on toast and she kind of complained as you would at age 12 when you figured out that mummy's tricking you yeah <laughs> it's just cooking oil and vegetable <laughs> animal fats she um she said she mouthed off from about three three dolls down and said, I hate you or something. <laughs> and she said her mum, who was about six months pregnant at the time, scissor kicked over the gate and came and knacked her. <laughs> I know. She's hardcore. She really is hardcore. I just got <laughs> Launching herself. <laughs> and my mum was the skinny little whippet woman. You would think she'd outrun her, but no, yeah, she's no. quick. She's awful fast. <laughs> She's still quick now. When there's a race about to go off, and she got she's got to get a bet on. She, she, she's like she's like a terrier down that road. You you wouldn't think she'd been crippled by arthritis and rheumatism for the past twenty years. Faster than the speed. Anyway, we've been sidetracked again because yeah, we're talking about bread. But I think that's important. I, I think you know bread forms a large part of your personal experience, doesn't it? And your family time, and it's what you eat and. Like, yeah. like you've got these memories of cook, baking with your mum. Yeah, exactly. I've got, you know, the baking and then and then when I got <laughs> older, I kind of, you know, would make, I, you know, that was one of the early things that I started to cook as well. And it's so satisfying because it'd be that thing of kneading the dough and and I used to make it by hand. I don't know, but now, but that's another story. Um, mm. And, you know, kind of the smell of bread and, you know, how wow. powerful that is. I mean, you know, they pump it into supermarkets to make us buy things and it makes us feel hungry. And do they really do that? Yeah. You know, in bakeries. That's so... They bake this That's smell. so cheaty. I know. <laughs> because it makes you buy things. Because it makes you hungry. Because it's just the nicest smell in the world. Yeah, because it is a oh. nice smell. And it's like, if you want to sell your house, put some bread on. Because it smells like home. I actually... <laughs> we, we had a workman around a couple of weeks ago and I, I just baked bread. And I think he thought I was lying. Because <laughs> he was looking at me, obviously thinking, you slattern, do some work. 
She hasn't just made bread. She's she's in her twenties. She's obviously some lazy you know, slut. You know, no one believes. <laughs> and and I, I was kind of you know I was wiping down the work surface, and there was a perfect. I say perfect. It wasn't that perfect to taste, but perfect looking wholemeal loaf resting oh, on the side, emitting pleasing. this gorgeous smell. That is quite pleasing. Yeah. I, I really like that. And and, and I, I was quietly smug because I thought. I love it, you know, when kind of things happen in sequence and you think, yeah, somebody caught me being domesticated for once instead of catching me straight out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> there's some evidence. Look, evidence. Yeah, evidence. Yeah, I, I do this. this. I'm a real life person. Yeah, this is with... totally fine. I'm fine. I, I mean, I bake. <laughs> <laughs> I bake, therefore, everything else yeah. is fine. <laughs> Everything's cool. The lecky's about to be switched off <laughs> because I haven't paid my bills, but I bake. It's true, though. It's like this magical thing. Are you kind of totally in control? If you're baking, everything's fine. <laughs> it just is seriously i well for me anyway i i have been known to go back home and, and if i'm in a bad mood i have to bake because <laughs> actually bake cakes more than bake bread but it, yeah everything is that's fine. another story next week cakes yeah, next, next week glory soothe yourself I'll hold, I'll hold myself back <laughs> but you know the cookery right is always bang on about needing the bread and it's a stress release and all of that and it, yeah it is and the and the results are great but i also i'm too lazy sometimes to spend that two hours baking stuff and i want to shorten the time which leads us nicely on to our it next does. bit so we've all been going on happily we've had some minor innovations with the bread we've had the yeah. sliced bread we've had the wrap bread you know bread has been outsourced from domestic settings for quite a while and then suddenly we get to the we get to the present day and what do we experience da, da, da. Da. bread crime absolute bread crime bread crime now, I have with me, I've just filched this from downstairs, and this is not even the worst example of kind of, of loafing green. It's because it's, it's a whole meal loaf. So you expect there to be some goodness in there. But I want to talk about what, what it says on the side of the packet. The rustling you hear is a genuine bread packet. <laughs> genuine. Made from genuine bread flavourings. <laughs> so we've, you know, we've already laid out what yeah. you go, what you put in it. I mean, if I'm making a, a loaf of bread at home, what, what, what do you put in, in it? Um, I need the yeast, I need the flour, uh, water. I sometimes a dash of milk or milk powder, right? Butter, a little bit of butter, mm-hmm. and sugar. Uh, yeah, sugar and salt. Yeah, a sprinkling of salt. Yeah. It's fairly. What's that? How many ingredients? That's seven. That's yeah, six, six, seven. six, six or seven. This one has wholemeal flour, which which is nice. That's good. Water, tick, yeast. Yes, dextrose, vegetable oil, sugar, fat, salt, wheat gluten. So that's extra gluten going in there on top of the stuff that's in the flour. So to give it that to to give it that extra kick, yeah. If it's not gluteny enough, <laughs> emulsifiers, and then well, followed by by numbers, e numbers, e four eight one, e four seven two, e e four seven one. What do now, you need emulsifiers for? I don't know. Well, I suppose that you use emulsifiers to like kind of spread the fat out evenly. I suppose there must be a lot of fat in that bread. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, I feel a bit sick now. I sometimes buy this as well. No, me too. Oh, it's shit. like my my alternative. Wait, I'm not done. Soya flour. Soya flour. Preservative calcium propionate added to inhibit mold growth. Now that is the that is where we kind of start to get in the preservatives and the long life yeah. bread because that was probably sat on the shelf for about a month and it's been sat in the fridge for about two months. And I it's swear. still in in kind of uncanny radiated condition. Yeah. Yeah. There is no mold on that bread. Flour treatment agent and ascorbic acid, vitamin C in brackets. Now, you we, we've discussed before how kind of adding vitamin C um, lightens a loaf. Yeah, especially if you're doing home yeah, loaf. I found out that um, there's some kind of organic food standards agency and vitamin C is one of the few things they they agree with 
yeah. in, in terms of what to put in bread that is not it's not an industrial it's it's not an industrialized ingredient ingredient in terms of getting the most per kind of meager pound you're willing to spend on it yeah because i mean if i'm making a home meal like i think it's home, a french agency in fact that, that actually agree with that in bread yeah because yeah. it's 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 if i'm making a home meal loaf at home i might put a squeeze of lemon in it and that's yes. ascorbic acid and yeah. it's you know it's because when you hear flour treatment agent you kind of think oh. mm. but then if it's if it's, it's actually vitamin c it's not so bad but you know there's other things in that the preservative yeah the soya flour the extra wheat gluten and you start to think so what exactly is happening it's with because this, with they this don't process. want to wait for anything to develop. Yeah. What was that thing you were telling me about before, Mia? Okay. <laughs> this is okay. where we unleash. <coughs> <coughs> Can you tell we've done some research? I'm so smug, it's unreal. <laughs> so, um, find my notes under Otto. Otto, Otto. Otto, why under Otto? Okay. So, modern commercial dough, this is almost a direct quote I've lifted. That does not require fermentation. It's called no time bread. Chemical additives substitute the time you would usually take to kind of allow a loaf to rise and ferment and, so and, and become itself all that time that you kind of let it rise knock it back yeah allow those yeast that yeast to kind of eat away and release carbon dioxide and that expand, then, the bread. expand the bread and make the gluten stretchy and, and kind of form this this nice magnificent thing and instead they add extra glutens extra flours um probably quite a lot of sugar and fat mm. the fat is obviously so i mean all, all those kind of things it seems to me like they'll be in there to keep it moist they keep it and moist and also to the fat is also there to kind of get a nice if it's a hard fat which they use in most bread processes in industrialized bread, bread processes it's to keep it a nice stiff dough so it yes. keeps its shape and it and, it, and it's shippable basically so it's kind of keeps its shape when all in comforting. the whole thing yeah. You know when you're when you're cooking it, when you're putting it all together, so it holds together because yeah. the other the normal things that would hold it together, are, you know the kind of the rising process yes. and the gluten's expanding aren't there. That they're not being permitted to take place, yeah, because it's quick time dough. And, no um, time bread. No it's time such, bread. It, it, it's just it's just disgusting. It just sounds wrong, doesn't it? No time bread. Yeah, it's like surely the whole thing about bread is it takes time. That's, that's that's the point. That's the point of bread. That's what's nice about it. Yeah. That's what and want. my question is, if if all these people are using kind of no time bread and commercial doughs, what where are they getting the bread smell that they put they're pumping into supermarkets? I don't know, but I think it actually isn't a proper bread smell. It's not a real that, that's result. like an imagined thing. Yeah. I think, offense. I think offense. I do remember finding out about that, and I think it is true because when when you get bread in supermarkets, even those those loaves that they say. Um, you know that ones aren't pre-sized and they kind of charge a slight premium on yes even the, those are kind of they're like frozen doughs and things. yeah they're frozen doughs and they're just shipped in and you just you, you reheat them which is this, so disappointing and they're part they're part cooked so you're kind of paying over the earth odds over the earth for this you know onion cheese dough whatever and it's still got flour treatment agent in it it's still got yeah. preservative in it and it's still made in this industrialized process which I can reveal to you now. It's got got this brilliant name. To me, to you, to me, to you. The research just goes on and on, doesn't it? Wow. Wow. 1961. Right. It was, if you were, if you were like an industrial bread maker, that'd be like a kind of, the year you made your big money. Yeah. (laughs) It would be a really important year to remember. If we were bread historians, we would like, let us remember 1961. It was kind of, you know, it'd have a, 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 every, every anniversary, you know, every, every 10 years. (laughs) So when's the next one? Our own D-Day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
Pretty day. This God, is that's where we in such bad taste. That's I know, I'm sorry. In no way. No. In no way are we comparing industrialised bread processes to the D-Day landings. Just wait. <laughs> wait a minute. No. No, we're honestly not. No, we're just we're not. Really okay, not. we're just not. Let's just, there are just places say. even we won't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, there's crimes and there's more <laughs> crimes and, and, you know. But you see, but the great thing about this process, right, when I was looking this up, it really makes me laugh because it's it's this kind of this 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 criminal process and it's called something really cute. It's called the Chorleywood Industrial Bread Process. Chorleywood. Oh, doesn't that sound rural? I know. Let's go down to Chorleywood. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a nice cottage, yeah. little bakery, Chorleywood. <laughs> There's a, I mean, in a way... It was an innovation. It is yeah. an innovation. There's a number of things that are kind of part of this process, and they're all about speeding up the time that the bread the the bread making process takes. So number one is about how the flour is milled. Apparently, it's and I think most flours now actually, unless it says stone ground on it, it's probably milled in the same way, which is it's milled at high speed and at high temperatures and this kind of just smashes everything together and it makes the the wheat kind of release the energy or the starches quicker yes. so it may and it also means that flour milled in this way will absorb more water which is good if you're making a loaf because water is cheaper than anything else so if you can get it to absorb more water you kind of quids in because it means that you have to put less Brilliant. other ingredients in so there's there's one one thing that happens with your, your milling. And then what you do is you get your big vats and um, you add other things to the flour, as we found out. You've, mm-hmm. uh, you add the soya flour, which I think also helps keep it kind of quite moist. And the soya flour does that thing of um, absorbing water as well. And uh, and then you um, and you add your treatment agents and you add your, your, flour, your raising agents in order to make the bread rise quicker. Right. And then... <laughs> You go crazy and you put the yeast in and you oh and you add dehydrogenated fats as well. Naturally. Yeah. The hard fats which Lovely. help the bread maintain its shape. Oh, then, stop saying hard fats. Oh god. <laughs> you feel a bit All Ill. I can think about is lard now. <laughs> oh, ah. Then you add the lard. When you have, when I have lard on toast. I, uh... Oh God! I just can't, you know, lard on toast. You see, I don't know if anyone's if if, if we sat here describing it. And, okay, if you've sat and smelt, if you've smelt lard, you smelt dripping, right? You'll know how freaking mean lard on toast would be. Why do you think it, our kids oh, hate it on those days? Oh God! It makes me. I mean, I'm I'm you know, it just makes me. I've I've used it in pastries a couple of times because for some pastry, it, you, yeah, it for good meat pie, great, great pastry. But it does make me. It makes me want to Wretch. hurl a little it's bit. It's Disgusting. But no, it's not lard. It'll be something like palm oil. Right. Something like that. Sets nice and hard. Then you spin it at 400 RPM <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> you, get, you get the disco on with your little my face mask oh, on. Have a little bit of a crazy time yeah. spinning it at RPM. And of course, this energy transfers to the yeast and so that that uh, you know that energy is a boost to accelerate the the reaction and the process of the yeast starting to rise and everything so it's like kablamo it just releases <laughs> all these these gluten these gluten proteins go bam like that because they've already been smashed about so you've got you with the with the milling yeah and so everything is kind of being released really quickly you've accelerated the whole reaction 
and uh, and then you 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 actually in this process, unlike QuickTime bread, this is the one where no time bread, I should say, QuickTime, QuickTime, it's some kind of elegant foxtrot, yeah. QuickTime. <laughs> yeah, that sounds quite charming. Yeah. No time, no, no time bread. So unlike that, you uh, you you do leave leave it to raise for an hour. Right. You know, you do give it an hour, yeah. which is probably still less than you would an, yeah. an ordinary loaf then you you put it in the you put it in the tins and 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 bake it do you know why i think they leave it for a full hour but i'm sure they get away with it with less time but obviously the more the longer you leave it the more it's going to rise if you've got all those added glutens and flour agents in and so you're going to get a larger loaf from less actual material yeah and also you put in more yeast you put two to three times the amount of yeast in that you would with um so they're really exploiting the ingredients that are in there to their fullest potential which doesn't sound bad but is it at the expense of the taste yeah which i think it probably it's is one of those, it's one of those crimes like if it was a kind of it was a crime in another field it'd be like a crime where you kind of admire the ingenuity mm. and the skill and yet also you'd still think but it's it's not right is it it's not really it's not right but then on the other hand if we didn't have this industrialized process would bread just be really expensive and we wouldn't be able to afford to eat it. Or would we be at a stage when people couldn't buy a loaf for 26p and people still made it at, at home instead? Yeah. Because it's... But then do it's you fine have the saying that, but to make it at I, home? I actually, obviously, the ongoing struggle of, of, of my kind of, my weight, which doesn't actually go anywhere. In my head, I have fat days and thin days and I look pretty much exactly the same <laughs> on any given day. But all of this kind of inner body dysmorphia and turmoil has led me over the years to examining the calorific content of prepackaged loaves. Now, um, some of them are like 130 calories, 140 calories per slice. Wow. Which, which, which is quite a lot. And yeah. people give this to their kids for sandwiches and things. And I think that's a bread crime because I think there's too much energy, too much fat, too much salt in there per slice. I yeah. don't think that there's enough... There should be a great big sign on saying, you know, you can have one slice of this or you can have three slices of something a bit healthier. Yeah, I know. Because I mean, But that's the thing, you think of bread as safe and, and yeah. wholesome. But like, like so many things, the kind of, the industrialisation makes it into something that is no longer kind of health giving. Mm. It's roughage. It's roughage. Now people people see it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a staple that's lost all its comfort and niceness. Yeah, because it, it, then you can have this kind of, yeah. This this slight wrongness of like this. Well, really exactly. Trash it's, it's the ultimate convenience food, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I do without bread. I mean, yeah. It's like you can have it in toast. You can have it in sandwiches. You can just like take a slice of bread and butter. You can. I mean, it's it's yeah. brilliant. And of course it is. It, is. it takes oh. a minute to take a loaf out and. Well, exactly. And I'm not saying I'm against the convenience aspect because, God, I like to bake bread, but I don't want to do it every single day. Well, that's it. Oh, my God. I was talking to this girl who was saying, and she was, I was talking about my bread maker, which mm-hmm. I love. And I know that there are some people out there who say a bread maker is cheating. cheating. And to them, I say, no, no, it's not. There are some things, okay, um, I know I always bang on about industrialised processes and that blah, was, blah, blah, blah. I'm blah. sorry, that, that was really kind of, that was really anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. And to them, I say, no. <laughs> No, no, it's not. Well, it's not I was considering <laughs> saying screw you, but I thought it might be a little bit, you know, antagonistic. <laughs> so I, I scaled down my 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 venom. 
I literally, I mean, not everyone gets to have a, you know, a bread maker. And I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky. And you should whatever. keep a tiny pillow in your bag to scream into when people ring, <laughs> ring this up. Can you give me a second? <laughs> um, as I was saying, uh, I, I totally agree with bread makers. I have one myself and I don't consider myself a cheat. Thank you very much. <laughs> Walk away with your teeth slightly loosened <laughs> from having bitten down on the polyester. <laughs> See, Oh, bread makers are amazing. I control what goes in there and it does all that boring, yeah. rising, falling, rising, falling, mix it up. I mean, a cycle for a wholemeal loaf takes five hours, you see. And that's how long it takes to make a bread. Uh, that sounds fairly good. Yeah, it, it does all the stuff. Because it it's not it. it's not a one hour twenty loaf. Yeah. You know, it's like five minutes, five minutes and an hour to arrive with all the added things. Using sensible ingredients and sensible proportions of ingredients too. Yeah, exactly. Although I did speak to a girl um, who kind of grew up in a wholemeal family too and yeah you know yeah growing up in a wholemeal family you get used to these kind of things but she told me one thing that just kind of made me think now that's just taking it too far which is that they made their own loaves every day and took it in turns that each member of the family had to take, make the bread every day and i'm just like that's like two hours out of your day every three that's, days that's <sighs> That's quite a lot, actually, but it's fine. But that kind of thing only works if it goes hand in hand with a kind of wholemeal lifestyle. Totally, you know, yoga before breakfast, yeah, and and and, and no drinking, absolutely no drinking, because there's no way you're gonna get up and mess around in a kitchen when you feel like no. dog's breath. To be honest, I just always found I just thought that's a bit fascist if you ask me because, because it was the kids of the family yeah, got yeah. Up like, if you're the parents and you really care about bread that much then flipping do it yourselves you know what i mean yeah. like, kind of like this is how we do it everyone must make bread i mean like, mm, i don't know i don't, maybe i just have a slight shirtiness in relation to it just because i was a home meal child so. <laughs> lingering resentment <laughs> Gloria, I, don't, I, don't I run against Catholics and Gloria kind of spits on hippies <laughs> in the street <laughs> because it's too close it, to know. home. I mean, no, you see, I, I say that and I actually, the good thing about it is, I, you know, I eat lentils, I eat wholemeal bread, yeah. I kind of, I love, I love good food, but there is a certain type of of alternative person who really gets on my wick. Is it the worthy types? Yeah, it's a fucking worthy types. Yeah. And I Oh, and it's because I I grew up around people like that, and and sometimes they're just a bit freaking po faced, and they don't have enough of a sense of humour. Fortunately, I mean, my mum is kind of the one of those people who did make her own bread and and did insist that you know she used to <laughs> she used to because we used to have like you know only have dilute juice and kind of all of these things yeah. and never have pop and brilliant all of these sensible things but she she did also my mum has an incredibly sweet tooth and one of her favorite cakes is a queen of puddings which is a sponge cake with uh jam over the top and baked with meringue on the top. oh god it's awesome so you know there was never that kind of thing of you know there's a slight weirdness to it and i think you get this with bread as well so you have this thing where you have the trash bread mm-hmm. but then you also have this yearning for this purity this artisan artisanal lifestyle which doesn't actually bear any relation to a how things were or b i think if the people back then could say oh i can have a bread machine or oh i don't you know i could occasionally buy a loaf they'd be like flipping brilliant i'd have to spend hours making fucking bread exactly yeah 
but then you have this kind of it's this lifestyle statement of thing. I've got this this really brilliant um bread book called the Tassayara um bread book which is kind of i, I believe it's um it was may, maybe still is some zen retreat in america amazing and so they've got this whole book about um uh making bread in a kind of in a really whole food way and the there's just bits in it. Just I really thought you were going to say in a really Buddhist way then. Oh, yeah, I don't Buddhist know what I was well. imagining. Yeah, it was kind of whole feel Buddhist, you know. They have this really sweet bit where they talk about the yeast and they're like, give the yeast something to live on, whether it be molasses or brown sugar. And they're kind of like talking about it like, and then, oh. and then they talk about, well, if you let the process go on too long, then the yeast will be suffocated by its own waste products. And it's so such a Buddhist way, yeah. to, you know, to to think about it you've got to release things and let it know but they kind of also say things like oh you know these you can't put refined sugar in because it's no good you've got to put in honey or brown sugar and you know and oh, don't have sweet and, and you know which is all very well and good but sometimes i kind of think we have to live in the world that we live in not the world that we want to, to live in and true yeah very true y- you've got to it's, get this you have to draw your own line, don't you, about where you stand on, on these things. And I like the idea of, well, no, I like to bake my own bread and I like to go to a good bakery when I can. Mm. But also, I mean, there's also the aspect of if, if I've got people staying over and they want breakfast sandwiches the next day, I'm not going to go <laughs> over to some artisan bakery. They're getting a prepackaged loaf and they'll have some cheap sausage or bacon inside they'll have they'll have breakfast fodder they'll be farmed it and then i will kick them the piss out of my house <laughs> i'm not spending my grocery bill on 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 two loaves of artisan bread that nobody will appreciate because their mouths taste like an ashtray <laughs> but there is that so it's brilliant to have a convenience but it's, it's about finding the middle ground isn't it definitely i think yeah between between the two i mean there are kind of you know there are some in the course of doing my research i did come across some really funny kind of people's attitudes to the bread and there's kind of almost this this mythology and like people say things like oh you know that that yeasts are bad for you that gluten's are bad for you that you have to do a bread this certain way in order that it's not bad for you and it's all better if it's pure and handmade and i mean there's like things like you know that like the artisanal bread which you'll pay like if you buy it you'll pay hand over fist for it. and it's like some yeah. kind of statement paul I'm naming you it, the the bed. It's a bakery called Paul. They have outlets in London and Paris and New York, I believe. Okay, literally, a loaf costs about three quid, and everyone's like, "It's amazing! It's sourdough loaf! It's really good!" And I'm just like, "I can't pay three pounds for a loaf, even if it is that good." You know, there just yeah, just no, it just can't. That's I mean, I think that I think that is taking the piss a bit. I think it's taking the piss. I suppose I haven't tried it, so I can't judge, but. I'm guessing that you can get a good sourdough other places for not three pounds for yeah. less than that. Yeah, no, I mean you can make a sourdough but, at home. I've but never, like, I've but never like actually made so a many things. It's a status thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where'd you buy your bed from? Uh, Paul's. Paul. Know. Paul. Trot along, Alexander. Don't trip up over your fucking handmade <laughs> moccasins that I bought from a hippie commune. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! If you're buying from Paul, I don't think you'd be you'd be having the moccasins. Oh really? It's, yeah, it's because it, it's uh it's kind of French, so it's you'd you're a bit uh, more kind of uh, a little bit more. It's going into the bag along with your Philip Stark juicer. Yes, yeah, your, it's yeah. that it's your catalogue kind of, of expensive yeah, furniture. You wouldn't, Brilliant. You wouldn't be having the hair shirt 
with that. <laughs> not, no, it's not, especially if you're fake. What are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm wearing a steel. Yeah. What are you wearing? I'm wearing hemp. Actually, that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a Hessian sack. <laughs> And the kids have been naughty, so they're wearing, you know, untreated <laughs> wool. <laughs> just itching madly <laughs> in pain. <laughs> Mummy, let me take it off. I don't like it. <laughs> but then I have to say, I think I do have a little bit of a, of a prejudice, a snobbery about white bread, sliced white bread. I am a little bit like, oh no, I can't possibly. I mean, A, because it mings. Yes. But B, because, I, you know, it's just a bit common. I just don't like it. Okay, now, this is a thing that I agree with you totally on. I, I just, I, I think you're right. And it's because it's in bad packaging and it's poorly made and it crumbles. You can't even fold it. The really cheap stuff is, for anyone who's listening who's not in England, there's a brand called Happy Shopper. And it's kind of, wait, wait, it's kind of, it's a piss tape because it's obviously, it's for the really fucking unhappy shopper. <laughs> It's for the miserable sod who's got 20 pence to live on for the week. And you're thinking, God, what can I buy for 20 pence? Yeah, I can buy a loaf of white bread. And it's not bread. It's mostly water and kind of sugar and salt. And it it's just foulness. It doesn't well. fill you up. And it's and it's so thin. Oh, it's and you bad. guarantee that there's going to be flipping margarine put on it as yeah. well. Oh. Of course there is. And it won't even be kind of cooking marge. It'll be... They're using marge as, as like a bread filling. Mm. That is, I, I've done that once before. We were, mm. we were moving house and we didn't have any money. And we were kind of, we walked into a kitchen that didn't have cupboards. And we kind of plugged plugged a kettle into, into a plug near the floor, <laughs> sat cross-legged and ate a happy shop of bread. And we actually, but we, we cracked out laughing and said, this is maybe the worst day we've had ever. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Mum. She was. I'm mumbling this around my happy shopper sandwich, uh, thinking this is miserable. <laughs> so she didn't. She didn't go for the lard then. She, she she didn't go for lard this time. I was never that bad, but, um, and we were never that poor. <laughs> oh no, may, maybe stock marge was cheaper than lard. I don't know. But it, it, it was only for one day, and I think I think we were at the bank the next morning, drawing out our last money, going fuck this. Let's get some real food. We can't live like this. Oh. But it's 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 kind of it's just really depressing. It's, it screams poverty and it screams ill health that, that there are no there's nothing good about it yeah you would avoid it at all costs and you get snobby because you think i don't want to eat this and then there comes with it this certain kind of it's it's the middle class what what can i cope with i mean yeah i'm somebody who is i read an article this week actually and they were saying that um with the economic downturn yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um people who aren't bankers and still getting massive bonuses they're kind of if if, if you become used to a certain type of lifestyle, you're willing to change some things to be more frugal. But there are things you won't compromise upon. Yeah. One of them for a lot of people is coffee. Yeah. Because when you leave Nesc Nesc Cafe and you go to something else, it's impossible to go back. Yeah. It, it just, it tastes like bitterness in your me, mouth. Or for yeah. me, it's uh, going from filter to, to, to freeze dry. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Exactly, that's it. You just can't do it. And another, another one was, um, people are quite happy to... Um, it's becoming popular to say, "Oh, I wouldn't buy a new car. I don't, I don't need a, I don't need a new car smell. I'll have a set. I'll have a second-hand car with a warranty." And people are kind of dismissing expensive um, jeans, you know, more than two hundred pounds. They're going to Gap instead. Mm -hmm. But there are certain things they won't give up, and one of them is uh, the quality ingredients, things like bread and coffee. Yeah, and, and decent it's the things butter that you have every day. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's the small luxuries, and it isn't just about what they say about. It, although it is about that partly. 
but it's it's when you get used to taste something nice and you have to go back to that or or you have to go to that it's just yeah you feel wrong but you know good good bread doesn't have to be expensive no it doesn't you know and and good bread doesn't have to be kind of pure and 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 amazing it just it is just recognizing keep it straightforward and simple yeah just straightforward that's all we want that's all we want you criminals and i think there's something yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a criminal. I eat too much bread. I eat too much bread, in that it forms no too, it forms parts of too many parts of my meals, and I very rarely have soup without bread. Oh God! Well, who would who would but, have soup without but bread? But lots of soups are filling and perfectly fine, and and perhaps you know the the bread is just masking the great taste of the soup. You don't know. No. But but I mean that maybe that's not a great example. But I think it's one of those things like the chicken we've talked about before. Maybe if you ate less of it, you'd eat the better stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Or you found a way of getting getting the bread that is of the quality that is acceptable to you. Yes, I not a happy shopper. Yeah, I mean, surely there must be a way to make industrialised bread that doesn't have to sit on the set of the shelf for two months. Is it leading somewhere? Have you found a way? No. Oh, I haven't. And I kind of just as I said that, I thought no, because if you did that, you'd make a loss against all of the other breads that were on the market, and so you'd have higher margins cost margins therefore well, you wouldn't make this i, I suppose what you're asking for is, is is kind of a retreat into history you want people to bake locally and to export w- within a, a two mile radius because their loaves aren't going to last that long so it, it should become a smaller local enterprise so and I'm, not, I'm not having being... wagons racing up and down the m1 maybe i'm not being entirely practical then because i mean if you think about the density of the population the amount of people we have to feed is that actually a realistic thing say well, i think maybe it is because i think with all the machines they use they employ less staff if it was a local enterprise you'd pay a little bit more you'd have to buy it more often it wouldn't keep for two weeks for instance in the fridge but um i think people more people would find a job that way it's true it's true but would would the consumers buy it maybe there are people who we'd make them <laughs> yeah. when i'm, in I'm charge. not giving them an option when i'm in charge it's <laughs> it, it's fascist steel to you and, uh, and they'll do as they're bloody well told yeah squadron leader lynch <laughs> squadron leader <laughs> don't worry i'll be out there you i fought been... and died for this loaf <laughs> you have been warned people you have been warned i think you know i think we can tie it up there i think you know on that on that threatening bombshell <laughs> Well, I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed talking about the the loaf. I'm a bit hungry now. I am flipping hungry. It's all that talking about butter. And I toast. had three slices of toast this morning for breakfast. Yeah, see, I said I ate too much. I do I eat too much. My oh, God, I'm, I'm thinking. Guilty. I'm thinking of more. Well, yeah, we that's that's been crimes against food about bread. Um, I've been Gloria Lind. I have been Mia Steele. And uh, we're put out by Simply Syndicated, who have a lovely website called simplysyndicated.com, if I could actually say it properly. And on there, you'll find lots of the other shows put out by Simply Syndicated. You'll find a forum with, um, there's a section in the forum, which is Crimes Against Food, which is great. There's already tips being shared and some terrible, terrible food crimes in there. I saw some mean things on there last week. Yeah, some awful things. And in general, I think you should just go there and check it out. Yeah. Take care. Thank you.